Welcome to Comadres y Comics. Comadres y Comics is a podcast hosted by three Latina women. We focus on the Latinx prisons in the comic book industry. With a strong special focus on strong female characters and creators. Hello and welcome to Comadres y Comics. This is episode 30. We are your hosts. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Welcome back, girls. It's been a while. Yes, it has been. Has it? It's only been two weeks. It's like normal. No. <laughs> I think it's been one weeks. extra week. Oh, you're Three right. Weeks. We had yeah. to take an extra week because something. You, uh, your free foot. comic book day and your foot. No, not but, free comic book day because free comic book day is coming up. Right. No, I, but you guys are prepping for it. I think uh, you were like in the middle of like ordering stuff and you were like, I'm so tired. And I said, yeah, dude. Yes, that is very true. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember. There was uh, something else that we were doing. You, you, you got your cast off. You got your boot on. Yeah. There's There's been a lot going on with you. <laughs> it's okay, though. I, I also didn't wasn't feeling it, guys. Sorry. Yeah, I remember <laughs> you were saying, yes, I'm so tired, too. Something. So, it's just been a lot going on. Yeah. Well, it's the, it's the beginning of con season, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we're... Uh, Eddie is uh, personally at a lot of conventions with his book, and then um, just uh, panels. Commodity Comics has been on panels at a couple of the conventions already, and then there's some coming up. And so there's just like a lot of events that happened all at once, and it was just a lot of um, a lot of emotional. Uh, strain on my poor little uh, one-footed body right now. <laughs> Plus, it's just so hard to be this famous guy. <laughs> Real truth. Real truth. But um, yes, yeah, so uh, I'm pretty excited to be here, guys. I've um, I'm, I was looking forward. I even um, got out of work late. When I say got out of work late, guys, I work from home. <laughs> but I actually physically stopped working early to kind of like prep for today. I wanted everything to be kind of perfect. I cleaned the podcast room. I had our stuff up on the board. I printed some stuff out. I was like, I'm ready, girls. I'm ready. Um, ready to do this. <laughs> exactly. Um, so uh, recently, uh, comic book wise, I I have I'm looking forward to the Avengers Infinity War. Yes. yes. We have- we have uh, tickets for Thursday. Oh, you do? Yeah. Oh, so cool. We're excited. Uh, I just reread Infinity Gauntlet uh, this week and trying to get into the whole uh, mood of it. I mean, Thanos is one of my faves, so I it, it wasn't a, a far stretch for me, but I reread Infinity Gauntlet, and um, I know that it's that's not the story that's being told. I really wish that it was, although I was yeah. telling. So I wish it was because I really love it, but I was telling somebody uh, yesterday as we were discussing it that when you really, if you're really honest with yourself, it's such a freaking cheat. Easy. Yeah, <laughs> 90s like style comic and story and um, but I love it. I just love it so much. So uh, I I would love to see some uh, at least uh, homage to death in the movie somewhere. There has to be some kind of mention. I hope. Yeah, I hope, I hope to so too. Um, I also binge watched uh, Punisher. I mean Preacher. Oh, um, you did? Yes, on Hulu. Uh, the second season's out. Um, I'm so only halfway through the first season still. I've never gone back. Yeah, no, I totally did. I totally enjoyed it. Very excited um, to see what they do next in the series. And uh, I haven't 
read all the books, which makes me want to go and read them. Uh, I know it's completely different, and they're probably like... It's not completely different, but again, I have only watched the first couple of episodes of um, the show, and um, I love... The comic. It's one of the first uh, comics I read all the way through when I was first starting to read uh, comics. After I finished and caught up to Walking Dead, Preacher was one of the ones. And the very first trade that I read, I remember thinking to myself, what the fuck did I just read? (laughs) But I want to read more. Right. And so I ended up, by the end, I was so endeared to all of the characters that I actually cried. Oh, uh, as I was reading the book. So, yeah, I highly recommend Preacher. And I'm a huge Garth Ennis fan. Uh, he and I, I think, have similar uh, sensibilities when it comes to, like, raunchy, weird, crazy <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I, um, I like how the series is going, so I'm going to go and read the comics now. Um, I read the first trade paperback, so now um, I think I purchased some on Comixology. If cool. I haven't, then. But I'm very excited about r- reading those because um, the the series is really well done. Actually, I I thought. Um, I'm all, uh, and also uh, I don't know if you guys remember, but Kristen had uh, was it a Juntos y Huertes or was it our On Your Radar? What? Um, uh, one day at a time. Oh, I think that was my On My Radar. I one think of that my was On, on Your Radar. Yes. Because I had just finished binge watching it. <laughs> <laughs> well, definitely, uh, because of Kristen's uh, enthusiastic on her radar, I went ahead and watched it and watched all full two seasons worth, and it was just amazing. I totally love this series. Um, I can do a little bit less on the laugh track, but I love the series. You know what? I don't even think I realized it. Really? Yeah. I, I, you know what? I? It's because it's a little bit higher... In volume, so I would watch it when Frank was sleeping. Uh, uh. And so I could tell that he, every time he stirred in the night, that it was uh, <laughs> that it was him. But um, I love all the characters. I'm in love with all the characters. And um, um, actually, I was telling Kristen that I, uh, for those of you who don't know, my mom actually passed away um, several years ago. And so um, watching this series has made me dream of my mom a lot during Mm -hmm. the time I was Mm -hmm. watching it. So it's been kind of interesting because I find some, a lot of similarities with how the show is written on how I was brought up and the thoughts I had and how the parents were and the grandparents. So it's really cool. I, I, I really find it super, um, like, uh, what's the word I want to say? It's very true to form the way that there's th- multi generations of females living in the same household and just how they all interact with each other and mm-hmm. the mother, the the grandmother, the yeah. Rita Moreno, um, uh, character how she is kind of like the matriarch but just how her interactions with uh the different generations uh are just have their own outlook in life Mm and and everyone always wants to put their own two cents in based on what their own life experiences are and i really find that the authenticity of those relationships um especially adding on the the latinidad into it is like really like like i said authentic not only that, the subject matter is really current, so mm-hmm. it's something that yes. you could relate is really relatable. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen it, but I've seen the c- clips here and there. My favorite has to be about the about the youngest, uh, the girl um, um, who's in high school. 
She's actually or not the youngest. The, she's the oldest. Oh, she's the oldest. The, the youngest. The youngest. The oh, I'm mean, sorry. The oldest child. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and discovering that she's a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And the awkward flirting. I was just yeah. like, thank you. That, that was so uh, cool. Oh my god, that was. I could. I related to that on a spiritual level. It, it was. I thought it was really well executed. I mean, at first she had like, I don't know, and then. She finally said, "Okay, I am," but then mm-hmm. she's like, "Now what?" You know? Now yeah. What? And that's sometimes that's that's what it is. You don't like you have to find out. Like with anything, like when when young kids find out, like, "Oh, I actually like girls," or like when got boys and stuff, or I like guys. It's you don't immediately become promiscuous. No. It's just like, like okay, what do I like? Yeah. From this. Uh, the mm-hmm. it, it is the awkward not flirting and everything. It's <laughs> Yeah. Speaking about authentic, it's not all like flowers and and happy rainbows um, in all of the stories that are being told, and specifically with her um, coming to terms with who she, her coming of age story, um, and how the different people in her life react to that. Like I had some really like I was just in tears with some of the oh scenes God, yeah. that were happening around that storyline. And it's just really well done. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So if you guys haven't checked it out, it's on Netflix. You can stream both seasons, and season three will be coming out. Um, well, they have been green. They're green, yeah. yeah it was been green, 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 green yeah. So probably not until, I would say, the next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Although Netflix really churns those, <laughs> yeah, is it Netflix do. or Hulu? Netflix. Okay, yeah, yeah. Netflix. So it, it might be next year, or it might be later on yeah. this year, like yeah. around November, December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, basically the winter again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also, Lost in Space is out on Netflix. It's the uh, first season now. I keep mm-hmm. seeing um, commercials for that. But I I've heard a lot of good stuff about it, but it's not really on my radar. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I was gonna see it eventually when I found nothing else to watch. But my husband's been watching in Spanish. Oh really? So okay. I saw that uh, Parker Posey is uh, Doctor Smith. Oh. So I'm okay. so now now my interest is is a little. How, how do you say? See, this is where I your your interest is peaked. peaked. Thank you. Peaked. That's I swear I speak English. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, my interest is peaked. Um, so that's what I've been uh, looking into. Um, I'm really looking forward to all our activities that we're doing. We're really, really, really heavily saturated with the events coming in May, um, which we will get into later. And uh, we're just very excited about that. We are excited to tell you all about it later on I guess so <laughs> but yeah. there's a lot of stuff coming up guys there's a lot of stuff a lot of stuff yay so I got some cheesemate guys this is Sarah and I got some juicy ass cheesemate ju- <laughs> <laughs> I, I think it's juicy what is the juicy cheesemate well straight out of Compton director uh, rides into Hasbro's mask movie. That's M A S K movie. Mm-hmm. It uh-huh. stands for Mobile Armored Strike Command. Command with. The oh yeah. yeah. Yes. Do you guys remember that? It's a cartoon from the eighties. Yeah. Well, well and, and there's also a comic. There's also a comic. So that's how what I know it yeah. from. Really? Yeah. Really. I know the cartoon, but I also am more familiar with the current comic. Oh really? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I was going to put on the music, but it just shut me <laughs> <out>. <laughs> Um 
So they um they actually if you guys don't know they, this uh, was a cartoon that came out um it was it was like 75 syndicated episodes between 1985 and 1986 so like one year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I loved it cuz it had toys. Yeah. And uh these toys it was like it was it was actually geared towards guys. Let's be let's be honest. But as with most things, yes, yeah. but it was super cool. It was like these guys with these masks that they put on. I assume that. <laughs> but the cool way it was like you know how wasn't you know, it kind of like a transformer type thing? Yeah, it was like a cross between GI Joe and Transformers. Yes, uh-huh. And um, mm, their yeah. vehicles would transform. So like there's this guy in a, like lime green motorcycle that would transform into a helicopter and then there was this one red car that would open its um its doors up like wings and then would take off like a jet it was awesome that sounds vaguely familiar yes i remember the cartoon it wasn't something that i i watched uh on an very regular or ongoing basis it's probably something that as i was watching a cartoon if that uh-huh. came on next i would change the channel oh my uh-huh. God. <laughs> I, I was not into transformers i was not into mask i was not into any of those uh cartoons at all i uh, like transformers what? but there were some if i didn't like the stylistic choices even as a child i'd be like this is ugly yeah i don't want to watch it <laughs> it had such a cool intro guys there was like a computer generated <laughs> kind of like grid and then there's like these guys in uniforms oh my God. and they're sitting in a round table and the masks drop down on their shoulders and then it's like super cool. <laughs> okay, but was it as cool as the Kim Possible opening? I love Kim Possible. See, I never watched Kim Possible. Ah, no. uh, see, Kim, I was the twenty-something-year-old that was watching all of the Nickelodeon <laughs> TV shows. <laughs> see, maybe that's what the problem was. I didn't have cable, so oh, I was stuck okay. watching Channel Thirteen and gotcha. stuff. So, yeah. uh, but it's really cool. They 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 fought against Venom. Um, the acronym was Vicious Evil Network of Mayhem. I, I love it when the when the villainous group actually puts evil in their name. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, and it's really exciting. So I don't know when this is gonna come out, but it's a live action film, um, and and he's already signed on. Gary F. Gary Gray has signed on to direct the movie uh, from Paramount Pictures. So. I'm very excited. But right now, they're mostly um, focusing on his work on Men in Black, uh, which is the reboot that they're doing in two- oh, they're doing 2019. That. So we haven't really heard a specific date for uh, the Mac for that, live yeah. action. Um, they they say that the film's going to be a contemporary subculture movie with a youth empowerment angle. So we'll see. I mean, because all the youth masks, empowerment youth angle, interesting. Empowerment yeah. angle, because, interesting. Yeah, because um, masks, they were all adults. But there was this one oh, kid in in okay. the mask world where he was riding a little robot that was like his companion that would like, comp- you know, turn into a scooter. So um, I'm excited about this because I love this shit. <laughs> 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 it's like telling me He-Man's going to be made into a movie. I I would watch that. I want I want to watch a live. Yeah, action. Yeah, you know why yeah. I would want to watch a live action of <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> just to see the, the live version of Fisto. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> I would cosplay the fuck out of that. <laughs> oh, you're terrible. You're terrible. Oh my god. I would watch it because it's a, in the movie, they're bound to do a live action Shira cameo appearance. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Well. I'm gay, so <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have to say. I'm I'm so gay. <laughs> but yeah, I'm excited about this. I mean, it it, it kind of runs along the line of like the live action GI Joe, mm-hmm. um, so live action mask. I'm very excited about that. Apparently, there's Micronauts and Visionaries too. I don't know what that is. I I, I know what Micronauts. Micronauts and also are. has a comic. A comic. Visionaries <laughs> does too. Is this why they were doing all those comics so that somebody would realize and actually know who these cartoon <laughs> characters were now? Um, actually, in one of the uh, documentaries, um, in on Netflix, the one about uh, the toys. Uh, no, the toys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, he Man was supposed to be marketed through a comic book, but because uh, the kids that they were focusing on buying the characters were five and up, five and five kids that were five couldn't read, so that's uh. why they developed the cartoon, which was great. Oh, interesting. Cool. Yes, yeah. I remember that um, the He-Man's, they were like serial cartoons or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, like comics or and stuff like that. So I know that when you bought a figure, there was a comic behind it. I know yeah. that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I, I like that because this is this is this is why, guys. I'm not gonna even lie. Um, it's because my brother had a birthday party and he got a bunch of toys for his birthday mm-hmm. and they n- didn't buy me any toys because I was seven years older. So I would end up playing with his toys. So he had He-Man, he had Mask, he had <laughs> Spider-Man toys, he had uh, those ninjas that they sold at the swamp meet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the like, knockoff Power Rangers? <laughs> yeah. <exactly. laughs> so that's why I'm so excited about this because I actually play with these toys and not really with Barbie or anything else because he yeah. got all the toys and I just was able to that you yeah. can play with. Mm-hmm. And I was into a lot of the 90s cartoons because I was 12 years older than my brother and yeah. so and I would have to watch him a lot and we he would ask me to play with him or watch he would want to watch certain TV shows and so that's how I watched uh, the X-Men TV oh, show. Oh, God, yes, I love and that. And the, uh, <laughs> the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yeah. and all those 90s cartoons were uh, that everybody uh, decades younger than me were into because I watched them with my brother. I was the target audience. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes sense. I get that now. See, that's why I never saw Kim Possible and stuff like that. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. That was a little bit in the night. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. So that's... that's grew up that's, with those uh, two. Exactly, yeah. and uh, but that he was older by that time, so I wasn't able to watch those. So, but that was fine. I, and we didn't have cable. So. I never stopped watching cartoons. Yeah, maybe yeah. briefly for a year or two in high school, but then I was just like, "F this!" I freaking love cartoons, so I kept watching them. Yeah, I mean, when the Cartoon ne- Network became a thing, I was already an adult, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, a ne- a TV uh, channel that only shows cartoons! I'm all about that. I'm all about it." Mm-hmm. Exactly. I didn't have cable, so I didn't get into the Cartoon Network, but yeah. I would totally be on that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. My cousins had cable, so I would go over to yeah. their house. 
Oh man, I wish I had a cousin who had cable. But <laughs> alas, but yes, that that's actually me, Chisme. All right, guys, so it's time to drink some beer. Kristen, what are we drinking? So, <laughs> well, we have uh, today a beer by Three Weavers Brewing Company, and uh, uh, this uh, is a brewing company that I've actually been interested in uh, trying out because it's local here to Los Angeles. It's here in uh, Inglewood, and um, I don't know how long they've been around, but um, I they've been on my radar for a while because I, I like to go and try out a lot of different um, local breweries around here. But um, it says Three Weavers Brewing Company is one of the largest independent craft breweries in Los Angeles. And today we are going to be trying their Naughty. Um, Naughty was their award or is their award winning double IPA. I love me a double IPA. Uh, It's uh, in 2017, Naughty won the gold medal at the Bistro Double IPA Festival during San Francisco Beer Week. Um, in describing the double IPA three weavers, brewmaster Alexander Knoll said, we wanted to make a beer with our friends at Naughty Woods in San Diego. They're the guys who make our beautiful tap handles. So we brewed a bold, sunny, and undisputably dank double IPA. Naughty has been a fan favorite since its first release. I love <laughs> the term dank to be used. I know we talk about this all the time, but uh. I just love it. And I'm, I'm going to tell you that they are not lying. Sarah is sitting on the opposite side of this table from me and my mouth is watering from the uh, aromatic notes that are wafting across the table mm-hmm. into my nose and I'm not kidding my mouth is watering that is how dink this double IPA is and it smells uh, delicious it smells really good <laughs> uh, so uh, I think that uh, we need to try this. The ABV is 8.5. So um, it, it's uh, definitely not up there with uh, the 9s and 10s that we've tried in the past. But double IPAs are no joke. And you have two and you are feeling fine. So, and uh, we have two. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the can itself uh, says... It's very pretty. Uh it says it is a juicy and hop forward. Uh, Naughty is our bold, sunny, and indisputably dank double IPA, which they already said. Um, I don't see anything on here that uh, talks about maybe what some of the um, palate flavors are that you might be tasting. But I think we should uh, just... Well, actually, I, ABV on the can says 8.6. So uh, one little point uh, higher than the information that we got from this. But, oh, my gosh, it smells so good. So I can't wait anymore. I'm going to taste it. So (laughs) on the can right above, um, right below where the mouth of the can is, it says keep cold and share. Yep. Which we are doing, guys. Salud. That was so good. Really good. I... I, oh my god, this is so good. <laughs> it, okay. 
I drank a soda before here, and so I, I feel like I kind of ruined my palate a little bit. I need, like, some water to cleanse it. But um, I, I taste vanilla. Let me see. I, I don't know if that's because of the soda that I had, but I taste vanilla. You could be right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of an undertone. Oh, my gosh. It's really, it's uh, really crisp. Mm-hmm. Crisp. And I love the color. The color is so golden, and it's mm. just beautiful. It's there's not that much head, which I really like. It's uh, if it's poured correctly, there's absolutely no head. <laughs> she said head. Head. <laughs> head is uh, it, it is a part of a beer that is a must. Actually, when you when you do pour it right, you should have head, and it really helps to open up. <laughs> Uh, open up the beer. So uh, it's a good warm up. Uh, yes. So um, I I think that um, after uh, after kind of like a few sips, you get kind of like this uh, tongue curling sour aftertaste. I like it. Mm. Like after after a few sips. Because I'm, I'm, cause we have two cans, so I'm sipping a lot. Yeah, well, I definitely, <laughs> I mean, it, it's... I love how it smells. It is the signature um, hoppy flavor of an IPA, but like some IPAs um, are very overpowering, and that's why people don't, a lot of people who uh, don't like IPAs, that's what they don't like about them. Um, but this is actually uh, really... Flavorful, and even though I do get that aftertaste, it's it's not a bad aftertaste. Oh no, it's mm-hmm. completely enjoyable. I am truly enjoying this. It, it it and the taste stays on my tongue. I can I can taste it mm-hmm. um, still. And again, if you don't like IPAs, that might be something that you don't like about uh, this particular beer. Mm-hmm. Um, it does linger, but it's it's very good. Um, yes, definitely. Um, on a sitting, I think I can do two good, two two uh, two quantity of two cans. Um, this came in a six pack at Costco. Ooh, <laughs> okay. In Torrance, um, and it uh, it's just great. It's so <laughs> wonderful. Like uh, I could tell Frank, I'm like, let's let's have one of these, and we can have one, and we're good. It's like a good calming kind of. Um, I, I mean, I would go far as to. Um, kind of um describe this or or relate this to like how you see in the movies how you see people pour themselves some whiskey or gin or scotch Mm -hmm. at the end of the day this is what i'd pour at the end of the day Mm -hmm. like i could definitely drink one can after a good long day of work underneath the shade of a beautiful tree while the wind is blowing from the west (laughs) (laughs) i think it's beautiful i think it's it's really magical. I love it. So you're right about like after a few sips, you can taste the sour. Mm. I'm not too fond of that. Yeah. So that's yeah. what I uh-huh. that's what I said. People who people who don't like IPA, that's what they don't like about it. Mm-hmm. So um, I could see how like, that would turn someone off. I've learned to appreciate IPAs now, and uh, I'm uh, and pretty good. But this is the, the sour aftertaste is not doing it for me. I like the initial taste. I like how it's very bubbly when you drink it, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't ha- give a lot of head. <laughs> 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 uh, when you pour it, um, um, 
it's still it, it's still very much carbonated and i like the color and i like how it smells mm -hmm. i am not very fond of that sour aftertaste okay. because i can feel it all the way in the back of my tongue and it's eh. okay well are we ready to rate guys yes yeah so we haven't actually talked about this in a while, but we do have a rating scale here at Comadres Comics for our beer review. And um, use your imagination as I explain to you what the different levels of our ratings are. We begin with the lowest level that there is, and that is flaccid. Flaccid is if you just absolutely would not even pour this uh, beer at the feet of your worst enemy. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the type of beer you do not wish your worst enemy to taste because oh it's just so bad that you're just not having it. Uh, so we had one flaccid in the whole of Comadresi Comics. Two. I don't remember. Two? It was two flaccids. One was a sour beer. Oh, okay. The other one was... The other one was the one I bought at a liquor store. And oh, that was one thing and you wanted it to be another or something? Yeah, no, oh. um, no, it was uh, this liquor store one that I bought and then uh, I tasted it and it, it almost oh. felt like it went bad. Yes, 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 mm -hmm. I do remember I that. I even yeah, had yeah. my brother taste yes. it, who is a beer connoisseur. Mm -hmm. He frequently um, gives us beer for our podcast, so... Mm -hmm. uh, but... Uh, sponsors our beer segment um but yeah it was horrible yeah i, I remember that i was like didn't even finish it <laughs> so oh one two three four five there's five levels the second level is initial um and uh the third is a partial the fourth is a full and our fifth level is a rigid and then Bursting out of the top <laughs> of our of our beer rating, if it's absolutely amazing, it doesn't even measure on our scale. It's a Super Saiyan. Mm -hmm. Yes, and uh, if you've heard the previous episodes, you know what a Super Saiyan is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think we've had what two Super, Super Saiyans? Saiyans. Yes, yeah. I believe we have. So, um, I I'm gonna go first. My name's Sarah. Hello. <laughs> I'm going to go full on this one. Uh, full. Mm, you know what? Mm, God, I'm stuck between a full and a rigid. Only because I think this is a great summer brew that you can just hang out with your friends, have some carnazada, and just sit under a tree with the breeze from the west blowing at you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm going to go like full point five. That's my reading. Okay. Your reading. So this is Kristen. I also am going to rate it a full. Um, it's really good. Um, the the aromatic notes are so juicy, and like I said, it made my mouth water. Um, the initial drink swallows um, are amazing and really flavorful but as i am drinking i think i'm going to have to agree with jen this mm -hmm. this aftertaste that is lingering in my mouth is starting to become not flavorful um in the beginning like i you i was explaining i was like oh it's so good but it's mm -hmm. not going away so yeah. um i i'm gonna say a full it's a double ipa so you expect some of this stuff um but i think i've had um i've had better Okay. Mm -hmm. And call. initially when we first drank it and it was so smooth and it smelled so nice, I would have gone with a rigid. 
But yeah. it's the sour aftertaste, so I'm going with a full. Yeah. That so is... all you IPA drinkers out there are probably like, well, what do you expect? It's an IPA. <laughs> but I, I have had, I've had double IPAs that it's, that's, um, that aftertaste is not as prominent. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I love the sour stuff, so. I, I don't. Yeah. I'm not too fond of it. No. If it hasn't, if it wasn't obvious, and it's not sour episodes. to me, it's hoppy. It's not sour. Um, it's, there's a difference. It's not sour, bitter. Bitter, well, yeah, yeah, bitter, yeah, that's bitter. bitter. Yeah, uh-huh. that's accurate. Yes. Just do it. <laughs> what um, What did you rate it? A full? Oh, okay. I gave it a full because I still do like the initial taste. Excellent. All right, guys. Well, that was one of our beer segments because. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, today we have two. Lo and behold. Lo and behold. (laughs) What? So today we are reading Sonambulo. Who is El Sonambulo? Sonambulo is a series of illustrated stories by animation and graphic illustrator Rafael Navarro. Hi, Rafael. (laughs) (laughs) Winner of the Zeric Foundation Award. Eric Foundation Award. Mm-hmm. I believe that's how you pronounce it. <laughs> Sonamblo was uh, has now achieved cult status among enthusiasts of pulp novels, masked Mexican wrestlers, B-movies, and even superhero comic readers all around. Sonamblo steps head-on into danger, living in a world where werewolves still lurk in the streets. And the Day of the Dead is literally become a holiday for those who seek revenge from the grave. <laughs> Every story holds a dreamlike, bizarre quality letting the reader know that the world of Sonambulo is not the world of an ordinary guy. Depending on the case or the subjects for whom he chooses to distract the dreams in order to reveal some well-hidden clue, or as the case may be, their deepest, darkest secrets. So this is a trade paperback we got. I, I actually spoke to Rafael at um, WonderCon, and I was really intrigued by uh, his description of Sonambulo. And so I picked up a trade paperback, and uh, he signed it. Yay, thank you. Yay. And I was just, like, really excited because he was telling me about wrestlers and, you know, uh, and the noir kind of uh, aspect of the story. So I was, like, really excited. So then I told the girls, I'm like, we have to read this. So let us begin. What did you guys think about the the comic? So I I personally know Raphael. We've gone and hung out and drank beers and talked and he's so super cool. He's like so freaking talented. His pinup art and his um uh sketch art and stuff is just so amazing. Um and given all of that I had no interest in reading this book whatsoever. <laughs> I've seen it. I've, I've, <laughs> I've seen it on his table at conventions. I go over to say hi to him because we're friends or whatever. And I see it and I'm like, God, that doesn't look... Like, I wanted to read it for Comodacy Comics to review it. I was like, oh, that's just not my thing. I'm not... So when you chose it and you're like, we're going to read this. And I was like, oh, my God. All right. And so I read it under protest. Oh. <laughs> 
on the way to work the other day on Tuesday, and I was, and also that's why I was like, I need to get the the real thing. Mm-hmm. I can't read it digitally because I I need to like uh, I don't want it to start off with a deficit already, <laughs> which it was because I was not interested at all. And um, after as I was reading it, I was like, oh my god, like. His art style it's amazing, is right? freaking amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And just from the cover, I was not interested. Right. But I had never really looked inside. Right. Mm-hmm. And so as I'm reading it and I'm looking at the art, and it's in black and white, folks, so that's that's what you have. Mm-hmm. That's uh, another strike against uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and those, of, those of you who know me and have listened know that I just do not do black and white. Um, but (laughs) (laughs) you probably read more black and white comics in this uh, podcast. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, is my, my fave, my, my, uh, gateway comic is walking dead, which is in black and white. (laughs) So, (laughs) but, um, so I'm reading it and I, I am looking at the art and it's just so cool. And the story is like, it pulled me in. I love mysteries. And I love this whole noir aesthetic in the movies, and I, I, I've, um, uh, Baker does it really well uh, in comics, and this was just like, as I finished it, I was like, oh my god, I loved this book. It was, so, and then at the end when you, when he explains about like where his idea came from and um, and then the whole way through I was like, what does Sonambulo mean? I didn't know. <laughs> and then at, at the end it, uh, he talks about Oh, how you didn't know what Sonambulo I didn't know was? that it was a sleepwalker. Oh, yeah, sleepwalker. Yeah. And then that made complete sense to me of all that like the whole part of like, tell me your dreams and like, it was just so freaking amazing and to find out that there's more books, to I like I want to read them all. Mm-hmm. So I have to say that um, from going from like oh my god I don't want to have anything to do with this book to I freaking love this book is like I, I I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love that. I um, this is Sarah, and um, it just. Uh, when he explained it, and I think that goes a long way. Like when you actually meet the artist and they explain it to you, they explain it with such passion yeah. that it grabs you. Um, and then so hearing him and then hearing how he described it and then relating to it, and and uh, it, it was just amazing. For me, Sonambulo, I was like, it was a go for me because I, on, on Saturday uh, or Sunday, it was Sunday um Sunday afternoons, my parents would order pizza from Pizza Hut, and we would and we would sit um on the floor, on the carpet and eat our pizza and drink our soda. And that was a treat because uh, my parents never let us eat out. So we would sit on the floor and we would eat pizza and watch. Um, we would watch wrestling, Mexican wrestling, mm-hmm. uh, not just WWW stuff. It was Mexican <laughs> wrestling. Mexican it was wrestling. like octagon and everything. Um, but not only that, it stemmed from way before that, because when I was growing up, uh, the only movies that they would put like on channel 34 were like, um, 
the movies El Santo. El Santo is a Mexican wrestler. Uh, he actually made a cameo appearance in Coco, the, oh, the uh-huh. movie. And, um, and, and, and the cool thing about this is, like, if you read at the beginning, it's dedicated to El Blue Demon. Yeah, Blue yeah. Demon, um, I, years later, I practically last year found out that Blue Demon, it was in Blue Diamond, which I thought all these years. It was Blue Demon. Demon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Blue, Blue Demon. <laughs> yes. So that, to me, when I read that, I was like, I'm in, you know, because I grew up watching all their movies. Oh, okay. All the movies. Uh, El Santo Contra los, las, uh, las Vampiras, uh, Santo Contra, you know, I, it was like the coolest shit for me. I loved it. The black and white kind of freaking, they wore their masks and nobody asked why they were wearing masks yeah it was awesome i loved it it was the best and then proceeding the love of wrestling with you know the the family time we'd spent together i mean it just spoke to me on so many levels um down to his catchphrase um okay la canción yeah that my dad <laughs> used to say that all the time and i say it all the time yeah now. like every now and then i'm like Ay, que la canción. you know like <laughs> that's like my catchphrase too my grandmother used to say all the time exactly it's you know like it just spoke to me on so many levels um um it you know like i didn't um um when i started reading i was like god you know i'm not into the gumshoe thing i'm not into the detective i love it Mm -hmm. (laughs) i love it yeah yeah but but it was so amazingly done that i was just like oh my god i love it and then and then i don't know if I, i don't know if you're familiar with the um uh, there's these little um, kind of like mm, three by four um, kind of like uh, comic books, but they're not really comic books. They're really kind of erotica sort of. Oh, Mexican yes, base. yes. I know what you're talking yeah. about. This artwork reminds me of that. Ah, so uh-huh. it was like really similar. It was like an homage to everything I grew up with. Okay. So for me, it was like I was captivated from the beginning. Which is inter- interesting that you're saying homage to everything you grew up with, which is why mm-hmm. I love um, gumshoe detective uh, stories, movies, um, comics, because uh, growing up in the 80s, that was every other TV show online. Uh, online on uh, <laughs> on uh, air. On uh, air. My favorite uh, TV show in um, high school was Moonlighting. And I've never seen that. Moonlighting with Moonlighting. Sybil Shepherd and <laughs> <laughs> you still remember? I do. <laughs> Sybil Shepherd and wait, what's the dude's name from um, Yippie Kaye, motherfucker? What's oh, that TV? Oh, that? Oh, Bruce, oh, Willis. Bruce Willis. Yes. Okay. It was Bruce Willis and Sybil Shepherd, and they were private eyes together, and it was kind of like they broke this like. We, the way that they did the comedy in that show was just so amazing and the way that they worked together and in true life apparently the chisme was that they hated each other <laughs> wow. but on the TV show it just worked so perfectly it's just so amazing so Moonlighting um, TV show called Simon and Simon which was two brothers that were private eyes Magnum P.I. Um, Riptide uh, Miami Vice these are all TV shows that I loved and watched when I was a kid and in high school so before I wanted to be anything else I wanted to be a private investigator. (laughs) That was my professional aspiration. Yes. And so... I'm sorry. Did you watch MacGyver? Yeah. 
Okay. Uh-huh. I, okay. Yeah. I just wondered because I have never watched the <laughs> So, so um, those are all TV shows that fed into my love of that um, that genre of storytelling. So that's why I'm saying when I started reading Sonambulo, the 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 story in addition to the art just really pulled me in and I loved it so um, my childhood uh, loves uh, TV shows definitely also influenced uh, my love for this book absolutely um, and the style of it is like kind of like you have this 24-hour taco place and he's in a one of those like bomb ass cars from the 50s mm-hmm. but then he has like kind of like the 1930s suit so there's like a definitely yes there was they, they actually mentioned they that did in mention the it. intro uh-huh. and that's actually why i really like sonambulo because mm-hmm. while i didn't really grow up with like the old school mexican wrestling the closest i got to that was natural libre yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i love it <laughs> and um uh, and uh, WWE and um uh, the that one guy who me and my brother really loved um uh, that had the Mexican like style wrestling mask uh way back in the day I don't think he does wrestling anymore I haven't watched WWE mm. in a long time um um but I I really like that but what I really liked about this was the fantastical aspect yes. to it oh, and absolutely. how it is so ingrained and how he was able to pull that off so amazingly and i love the art style i love the art style and when i had first seen it i was with kristen where I'm like <laughs> i i know rafael a little bit we've um met him yeah. in our other cons and we've talked to him and i'm usually with kristen when she swings by to say hi mm-hmm. and um uh, but it's not really the initial cover when i see it is not something that i would usually pick up yeah if you would have shown me the art style first i would have been like oh that's it. Let's read it. Yeah. Like, because I love, love, love. It's why I love Poe Noir so much. Is because yeah, I love that noir yes. style yes. Uh, setting. The mm-hmm. the um, and it isn't even that I grew up with noir style, um, uh, like movies and stuff like that. That wasn't until later. But I read a lot of mystery novels. Oh right, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, because I read a lot, so I read a lot. So I read a lot of mystery novels. Read a lot of fantasy. Mm-hmm. So a lot of what he's doing is very. Ca- is very much like magical realism. Uh, well, because mixing up the elements of different time periods yes, uh-huh. and of uh, like and how how there's like vampires can exist, but also like uh, like um for most of this uh, most of this um uh, book the fantastical doesn't happen until the end. Right. Mm-hmm. So while it's uh, while it's playing out, it's very much your regular mystery. Mm-hmm. Uh your or your kind of your regular mystery. And I I enjoyed that about it. I enjoyed the mystery and I enjoyed that the ending was very fantastical yes. as well. Yeah, me too. Mhm. Uh, you're absolutely right. Like, it's towards the end that you see most of the character development unravel. Like, the stuff you had questions on yeah. mm-hmm. during the beginning or even the middle of the story, it, it, you actually um, know what's, what it's about towards the end. So mm-hmm. it, it explains itself, and it, and it moves in a really great pace. It does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It so does. I really, really, really enjoyed it. Um, I mean, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you have congressmen, you have kidnapping, you mm-hmm. have, um, you have a lot of action stuff going yeah. on. You have um, Satanism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh, uh, sacrifice. 
sacrifices, mm-hmm. you, um, cults and stuff, cults mm-hmm. and uh, gangsters and mobsters and mm-hmm. and uh, twenty four tacos, which are different. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes. So it's uh it, it's really action packed, I think. Mm-hmm. And um and you even have Mambo. I mean, come on. Oh my god. I <laughs> honestly that was one of my favorite yes, scenes. Yes, I, love I that loved scene. it. Yes. In my head, I could hear. Me too. I could hear it. I could hear it. I grew up. I grew up with with like the mambo and dancing and yeah. stuff, uh, style like that because where I used to live with my cousins, they used to throw a lot of parties, and so you'd get salsa, you'd get bachata, you'd get yeah, uh, like mambo, you'd get a lot of different um, uh, music playing around, uh, and so I grew up with. Um, uh, with basically learning that that music, um, uh, that type of music and that type of dancing, so mm-hmm. I I really I really loved the movement that he did. Yeah. Yes. 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 yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. So, so he would the, the the how he portrayed movement was really really good. Yeah, because yes. I could visually see it like when I would see the picture, but in my head I could also see it like moving, mm-hmm, basically. Mm-hmm. So he did an excellent job. And I love the girth of the characters. I mean, the women mm-hmm. are curvaceous, and the men are... I mean, Sonambulo... Every, the other guys look pretty normal, but mm-hmm. Sonambulo, he is an ex-wrestler. Mm-hmm. So he basically looks really large, and he's a mm-hmm. retired wrestler, so he has kind of a belly going on, mm-hmm. but he's still kind of attractive to the women. He's a kind of a mystery guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean... He's a very certain man. He knows where he is situated. He knows who he is. So there he doesn't need to prove shit yeah, to he, anybody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's what I love about his character. Mm-hmm. And he has a really sassy assistant, which I love. Yeah, Shorty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's amazing. I loved her. She was great. Yeah, she was. I mean, she wasn't very much throughout the storyline, but mm-hmm. I mean, she would the the every time she appeared. Yes, yeah, she was exciting. She was mm-hmm. very exciting. Um, but the whole book is amazing. I can't wait to read more of where, where the story unfolds. Um, there's, uh, I, I was left with kind of a hunger to see what's going on with him. Yeah, me yeah, too. me to too. Find out like what what his other adventures and escapades are. Did either of you mm-hmm. notice that the very first uh, scenes that came out where Sonambula was chasing this man to get the initial questions that that was Raphael that that looks exactly like him. Oh my the- god! Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I, I I caught it right away. I'm like, oh my god, like I didn't, that is I him didn't at all. Yeah. Um, now that you mentioned it, I can see it. Yeah, <laughs> I can see it. You know, and oh what, I, what what was really exciting for me too was uh, one of the characters uh, was kind of an ex mob boss. Or yeah, next mob boss, but he had retired yes. and was re. Mm-hmm. He, he was, was a, a sci-fi writer, writer. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it was called a van and. Uh, he was an ex goon, I think. Ex- was he an ex goon? Yeah, because he would do the kidnappings and oh, stuff like right. that. That's but right. he was he wasn't actually like a mob boss, and that he that he regretted and he was trying to do sci-fi instead and. They were using his identity. I loved when away a little bit. I loved when he was actually ordering his tacos, and he's like, "Give me twenty four. Wait, make that twenty five. But then his order was like so on point. It's like with carne asada, extra uh-huh. on the carne, with everything on it, uh-huh. some jalapenos with carrots, the pickled kind on the side, and is there any horchata left? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then after that huge order. 
It, I was laughing because mm-hmm. that huge order, it was only $26.30. <laughs> and I thought immediately about when you and I started the taco yard. And we have this huge spread and like it's five bucks. Yeah. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. When I read that, I thought about you guys. Because Jen, <laughs> Jen lives in, uh, what is it, uh, South Central? I live in South Central, yeah. yeah. So when uh, Kristen drops her off after the podcast, they always go for tacos yeah. in South Central. <laughs> and when I, when I read that, I was like, oh my God, this reminds me of that <laughs> big mood but Sorry, i really tacos. <laughs> i really love the goon i mean uh, it's so weird because i mean you never know a person you know like this guy was like in charge of kidnapping and doing yeah. all this bad stuff and then he retires and goes on to start writing of mice I mean, it, I'm sorry, A Man and Machine. Yeah. A sci-fi, uh, it's a sci-fi uh, book uh, about uh, androids living in a utopia after man has been extinct. And then uh, a man appears out of nowhere and then all hell breaks through. Yeah. Like, and, and that's, in, you know, you're like, oh my God, that's so freaking awesome. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many, I, I think uh, he kind of uh, described the uh <laughs> he kind of describes the multifaceted human being like you can be a goon but you can be a sci-fi freak like you can mm-hmm. um i don't know be super popular and like you know um um like charmed or whatever you can like, be a very charming person but underneath that is you, you're such a, a you vile <laughs> there's a there's a vileness underneath i i like how they took the time to describe mm-hmm. the the book that he was working on i i thought that was cool <laughs> but anyway are you ready to rate the book i mean we don't we don't even want to really go into the story because there's so much to this book yeah and, and there's actually you're saying about how a lot of the character development happened at the end of the story uh and the um the resolution was also a little bit kind of like you got thrown a little bit of a oh, twist yes. oh yeah because uh, it doesn't end like a usual like that yeah the, like the stereotypical noir yeah. style uh tales do but even if you include the fantasy and everything there is i would say there's two big twists uh towards the end of the book and one of them was the actual, like, fantasy setting. Uh-huh. And the other one, I guess you could say, is the true resolution towards the book. Yeah. yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's a very, very impressive because oh, yeah. I was actually surprised because I was just like, because there were some parts in the book that I was able to call. I was just like, noir style. Yeah. No, this is what happens. Yeah. This is what goes. And the, it, you could see that where it was going. But the actual resolution to it took me by surprise. Me and too. I, and I liked it. I, I liked it. Me it was too. different. Uh, yeah, it took me by surprise and actually endeared me more to Sonambulo and yes. the way that he dealt with it. Yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. Definitely agree as well. So we are totally promoting this. You guys have to pick this up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was looking in here to see um, where you could pick it up. Um, and I guessing that um, Raphael has a website. Yes, it's actually www.sonambulo.com. There you go. And or you spell Sonambulo like... S is in Sam, O, October, N, Nancy, A, Apple, M, Mary, B, Boy, U, Umbrella, L, Larry, O, October. Sonambulo. Or you could send a check or money order to Rafael Navarro at P.O. Box. 3555 La Habra, California 90632 And mail mail <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, what? 
<laughs> What's that? And um, I don't know if either of you noticed, but in the uh, on the Indicia page, it says original assists by Maximo Espinoza, Ruben Gerard, and Javier Hernandez. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, I totally I forgot that. because that. Yeah. Um, I mean, we just got into it. Creators supporting each other. Nice. Yeah. And uh, if you guys remember who Javier Hernandez is, he is the creator and uh, illustrator and writer of... Days of the Dead, the book that we did a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Of El Muerto. El Muerto. Mm -hmm. So, uh, great minds think alike. Great minds hang out together, apparently. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's the reason we're here, right? All right, guys, are we ready to rate this book? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Jen, I really love your input. That was super awesome. Wait, my input? Yeah, I mean, (laughs) the whole noir setting. Oh, yeah. There's some stuff that you said that I just didn't uh, catch on the first time around, but... Oh, my God, it's almost like like I'm a humanities major. (laughs) 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 But, no, like, yeah, like, I, I, I did enjoy it, and I'm going to give it... Honestly, I thought I was going to give it two conchas when I first started. But no, I'm giving it three conchas and a cup of champurrado. Sorry, Rafa. Yeah. I just, but I did like it. I did like it. You see? I got it. This is Kristen. Yes. In my mind, when Sarah, you said this is the book we're going to read, I was like, okay, how am I going to give this book a, like a one or two concha rating when I'm going to look Raphael in the eye? <laughs> And you know the crazy thing is he doesn't even know we're reviewing it. Oh, he does because I told him. Oh, you did. See, Kristen, this is why I didn't tell me we were going to review it. I just picked it up. I was going to read it. I was going to share it. And I wasn't going to tell him. I was just going to be like... We're just gonna, we're j- you know, like we're I just wanted to read it. it, but um, but yeah, you spelled the name. Yeah, mm-hmm. so well, I did because I, I I asked him for a copy, and he came and brought me one, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, because out of the blue, I asked him, mm-hmm. and so I told him, yeah, we're gonna review it on Komazusi Comics. So I didn't actually see him in person because he had in, uh, tended to come to bring it while I was there, and something came up, mm-hmm. so he brought it when I wasn't there. So we didn't actually talk about it. He just and maybe it went over his head, and he didn't realize what I said, but. <laughs> Either way, uh, you have totally won me over and endeared me to Sonombulo, and I am also giving it three conchas and a cup of champurrado, and I just, I can't actually wait to, next time I see him at a con, I'm going to buy the next two. And mm-hmm. I'm glad you mentioned that because he is usually at Southern California cons. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah, all the time, and he uh, apparently has some copies with him. So uh-huh. uh, it is It'll worth it to go and meet him and get a, a copy and get it signed. Yes, yeah, he's I'm a really nice guy, and this is not the only comic book he's actually worked mm-hmm. on. So check out his other work. Um, he's a really nice guy, so uh, really approachable and stuff. So, and he has a lot of uh, original art. That he sells too. So, um, and I also think he does the. You know how when you uh, commissions, he does commissions. Yes, he does at conventions, which is mm-hmm. a big deal because commissions are really uh, stressful because you have to complete them within the con time. And yeah. If you have more than one, yeah, it's kind of stressful. His his uh, his um, commission list is usually very long, but I've. St- 
stood by his table and watched him as he has um, done his sketches. And it's like freaking magic. It's just like he does them so quickly, but like such high detail quality caliber of work. They're just so amazing that the way he does it. And he has such a unique style. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. Exactly. And And I could see that it's inspired by these novelas Mexican novelas, those uh-huh. little... Uh, so I, I love it. I need to look at his pinup art because yes. I really, really like how he drew the yes. women. In oh, this. God, yes. Yeah, yes. like, oh, my God. They were all distinct without having fa- same mm-hmm, face mm-hmm. syndrome mm-hmm. going on, and mm-hmm. I love how he dressed them in there. And the first woman that he met in her, like, really nice flowing gown in the bar, Shochi in her really smart pantsuit yeah. and everything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and um, um and Sylvia... The kidnappee in her in her was it a leopard print? Yeah, in her leather print dress. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, definitely. Uh, you know, it, it's worth it to actually see if he's uh, going to be at a con. If you go to a local LA con, um, uh, I'm going to give it uh, tres conchas and a cup of champorado as well. Yeah, he usually is at the guns a blazing table mm-hmm. with uh, Mike mm-hmm. Wellman. Exactly. Um, because they uh, collaborate on that ongoing series, but he usually has some of his own stuff. And then, like, at East L.A. Comic Con, which is now East L.A. Cape, mm-hmm. and um, the um, Latino Comics uh, Expo, Expo, he yes. had his own table there yes, exactly. uh, that was focusing on him, but he also had some guns a blazing stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way I met him, I met him when we went to, uh, it was uh, Santa Monica Library. They were doing a, a free event for kids. Oh, yeah. How to start uh-huh. their comic book. So mm-hmm. they do a lot of work with the community, too. Yeah. So um, I swear, you guys really need to kind <laughs> of, you know, back this up. I mean, this guy does a lot for the community, and this is a great book. We're not lying. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, it's like three cups of champ... Uh, it's uh, tres conchas and a cup of champorado, the whole, all around. So, all around. Yes, definitely. Check those out. All right, guys, we have the promised beer. <laughs> I feel like um, in the scene of Lion King that we need to hold it up and you guys need to start singing. <laughs> Ta-da! Angel Choir. Uh, so, uh, those of you might remember when uh, Sarah Jen and I all lost our minds when we tasted Sticky Monkey by Firestone here on Comadesi Comics. And mm-hmm. Sarah has brought us um, another Firestone vintage beer that uh, we are going to be tasting today called Parabola. Um, and I just, based on our experience with Sticky Monkey, am looking forward to it. Oh my gosh, it's an imperial stout. Yes! So, Parabola, as Kristen said, is a Firestone Walker Brewing Company beer, and it is a Russian imperial stout. Oh, my, my mouth is watering. <laughs> <laughs> it had an April 7, 2018 release, and Parabola is a beer of... The Darkness and Immensity, a barrel-aged beast that is routinely ranked as one of the top beers in the world. Wait, barrel-aged beast. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I uh, do, too. I like how, I like how that sounds. <laughs> this Russian Imperial Oatmeal Stout <gasps> is aged for a full year in Heaven Hills barrels, developing flavors of rich, 
chewy roasted malts, charred oak, and bourbony vanilla. Parabola bears its teeth with its impenetrable black hue and soaring alcohol, yet its bite remains refined with a silky, balanced finish. Whoever wrote this description needs a raise. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if I want to drink it or have sex right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I know that feel. <laughs> so it is a 12.7 ABV. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah. We went from eight point six to twelve point seven. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, where did That's you get this from? Hmm? Costco. This is also Costco? Yeah. Costco. I remember last time when we got Sticky Monkey, I made Eddie take me to Costco. <laughs> but there wasn't any left. There but, wasn't any left. Well, this came out April, so there might still be some okay. left. And so it is. You can find it in a tap room in Venice. It's at 3205 Washington Boulevard oh in my Marina God. Del Rey. Did you just say out loud that I could find this on tap somewhere? Yes. Oh, my God. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm excited, and I haven't even tasted it yet. <laughs> <laughs> and it says here also that the brewery location is in 1400 Ramada Drive, Paso Robles, California. Yes, in the, that's Central Valley, Central Valley Coast. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that little stone tasting glass. Nice. Um, but oh my God! Look at that. <laughs> I'm trying to pour as much because we only have one bottle. Okay. Thank right. you. Thank you. Okay, so. Oh my oh, God! Oh, it smells good. It smells okay, very, it smells good, good, but just smell alone, it doesn't t- smell as strong as Sticky Monkey. No, it does not. Sticky yeah. Monkey was just like, it slapped as you in the face. As <laughs> soon as she opened the bottle yeah. and Sticky Monkey, yeah. you could hear us go, that smells good. Yeah. This one, it wasn't until yeah. I actually It's there. It. This yeah. smells like watered down Sticky Monkey. It's, yeah. yeah. It does I, I, I gotta like agree that. with that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's accurate. Yeah. I mean, Sticky Monkey smells amazing, and this smells the same, I think, like, aromatic notes, but muted. Muted, yeah. Yeah. So, take a sip, ladies. <sighs> oh yes, 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 Ooh, yes, yes. I yes. haven't tasted it yet, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm enjoying. I, I'm enjoying like, the I'm aroma. Breathing, yes, I'm smelling it and breathing it and like trying to taste it through my nose, <laughs> and it's just, I, I, it's caramelly kind of. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. Caramel. Yeah. Definitely coffee too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me take a taste. Wow. That is really good. It's super thick. Mm-hmm. The the consistency, <laughs> the consistency in my mouth is really <laughs> smooth and thick and it coats my tongue, like, as I'm drinking it, and it's just, mm. honestly, okay, this is, this is my initial reaction. I just took a pretty good mouthful uh, of a drink right now. This is the drinkable, um, the drinkable Sticky Monkey. Mm. Sticky Monkey, 
I, you two were crazy about it. <laughs> we're taking sips like crazy. I, I mean, gulps. I was sipping Sticky Monkey because it was just so, just, there's Almost so much. Almost viscous. Yes, there's yeah. so much going on in it that, and it's very, it's, Sweet and coffee and and bourbony and rich, yeah. yes. And it's almost like when you have um, icing on a cupcake that's just super super rich, and you have to like take some of it off. Yeah, yeah. To, to enjoy your cupcake, monkey. I can see that. Yeah, yeah. I loved Sticky Monkey, but I it was a sipping beer to me. It was almost mm. as if I was drinking bourbon and just sipping it and enjoying it. Mm. This I could drink it as like with my food. Oh, I see what valid, you mean. Yeah. Valid, yeah. Now, from the immediate get-go, when I took a sip, chocolate and coffee. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Chocolate and coffee were the first things mm-hmm. that I tasted. And not like sweet chocolate, like dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. We were actually talking earlier in the shop and how I would 100% eat rock cow beans. <laughs> I actually have because uh-huh. I think they're good. Yeah. And I actually kind of grew up with it because I don't know how my mom got them. But she got them. Really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> and um, uh, we would we would eat them. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This uh, on here on the paper it says that the malts are crisp Maris odor pale, Munich, Carahel, Carafa, dark and light crystal chocolate, oats and roasted barley. Mm. Now mm. I can definitely test something that test. I can <laughs> test. Uh, I can taste something that's roasted. Yes, yeah. so can I. I can taste it because that distinct charcoal yes. like taste, yes. it, that's yes. my favorite thing about carne asada. Yeah, yes, uh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I can taste it. I can taste the chocolate. I can taste coffee. And I can, I'm not sure about, okay, this said oats. Yeah, oatmeal stout. I can't, I can't taste oats, but I, I can. Me neither. Yeah. And I mean, oats, if when you think about it, does oatmeal really have a flavor until yeah. you right, put brown yeah, sugar right. and, yeah. <laughs> and syrup and syrup on it? <laughs> and it says right here, um, uh, the hops are Bittering, Zeus, and Lake Kettle Hallertai. Did I say that right? I don't Hallertal? know. <laughs> I don't know, but it I'm tastes gonna, I'm just, Yeah, it, t- it tastes good. Uh, I'm just saying words now. Uh, if anybody <laughs> if anybody knows what they mean, please inform me. But all I know is that it tastes delicious. It tastes amazing. The the thickness of it, I'm not a fan of. But the flavor of it is great. I could drink this all night long. But, yeah, the thickness of it is a little bit off-putting to me. <laughs> I am... Um, I am somebody all about the mouth feel. <laughs> I did it. I just I just heard someone use that word the other day, and I said I'm going to use that. You <laughs> did. You did. <laughs> oh my God, who said it? Why were you wrote oh, it? Oh, so yinny, Yes. <laughs> no, well, I really love this. Um, I love oh, the really thickness. Good. I love how the um, oak rolls off your tongue. Oh um, yes! Oh, definitely. Th- I especially yeah. love um, the coffee. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's like this is the beer I would drink before I go out because it has coffee in it and it should keep me up, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it works that way. I don't think it works that way. <laughs> this is the kind of beer that like you want to woo somebody with. It wooed the fuck out of me right now. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and, uh, you know, on a funny note, I, I was calling it Parabola, and it's P- 
parabola. You, you were saying parabola. Uh-huh. Oh, I was saying parabola. Yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. And and what is it? Parabola. parabola. Yes. I had to look it up. It's some kind of math thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you made me have flashbacks to algebra. I mean, yeah. I'm not fond of that. Yeah. Algebra can stay where in my what fuck what was it ninth mm. eighth grade memories ninth, yeah. eighth grade memories. now when <laughs> I did too. some research on this uh, on this beer it uh, there there are some beers that uh, they recommend aging like uh, the Sticky Monkey mm-hmm. um, but this one they said that uh, the hints of the alcohol and the barrel part um, uh, bourbon part yeah. of it. Um, diminishes through time. Oh, okay. So um, there's kind of a mixed feeling of aging this one, um, but I've I've uh, read some people that have aged it a year and it's still delicious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But they recommend it fresh, and mm-hmm. it's a yearly release. Okay. So uh, so, so now we got to stick this on the list of things we got to watch <laughs> yeah. out for every year. Yeah. So now I have to go to Costco every month. We need a beer calendar because <laughs> oh there's God, been multiples that are um, that are seasonal or yeah. that are uh, come out during uh, certain months of the year. So we need to know what month Sticky Monkey comes out. Now we need to keep an eye on Parabola, and I think there was some other ones out there there's too that we talked about. There's a couple. I think I've uh, had uh, Shuba Shuba. Sh- I, I can't even pronounce it. I don't remember. It's a S C U. CA, I think. Anyway, you can find it on the Firestone Walker website. And I'm, uh, you know what? And when, you know, the first introduction to this brewery was uh, 805, which I hate. I hated it too. I hate it so bad. I'm sorry, people. Sorry, not sorry, but 805 <laughs> is the quote unquote craft brew that Budweiser, drink, Budweiser drinkers drink to feel fancy. I was just going to say that. 805 <laughs> beer is what the Corona drinkers uh, buy to say that they're classy. Yeah, they, yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I like craft beer. 805. 805 craft beer. You know what? I mean, I'd rather. uh, It's the only other like when when they would have when they would have parties on that same cousin like that's that's what they would have. Yeah. (laughs) When they would get. So that is what I had in the forefront of my mind when you brought Sticky Monkey. Right. And I was like, I I had my preconceived notion just the way I did about (laughs) Sonambula. I was like, this is going to suck. Yes. No, I agree. Um, When I bought Sticky Monkey for the first time, um, I was like, God, it's Firestone Walker. I hate 805. I I hate it. Even when it's the only beer available, I just don't don't take it. Yeah, me too. I rather no. I hate it. I hate it. I, and I don't know why. Uh, mm, between eight oh five and Corona, I, I <laughs> just might. I just might. I I might, but I think I'd go sober, guys. Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I'm the drunk of the group. So I don't know. Um, That's pushing it. Unless <laughs> unless there's a liquor store in the, uh, around the corner, which is coincidentally what I did. You <laughs> 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 well, like a week ago. Yes, exactly. So with that. Cr- preconceived notion like uh, I reluctantly bought Sticky Monkey but it came in a beautiful yes. cardboard box yeah. with a beautiful um, font and I was like 
Hmm. And I even consulted. I actually uh, texted Compton Eric and I asked him, hey, what do you think about this? He goes, oh, it's really good. You hmm. should try it. And hmm. I love uh, Barrel Age. So I was like. I do too. I was like, okay, I'm going to mm-hmm. give it a go. Yeah, you know? Barrel Age. And good. then it was a, a, a freaking diamond in the rough for me. My favorite like, beer what? is a Barrel Aged um, Belgian, which is uh, Allagash Cure. I should bring that. You have to you bring guys Allagash. Have never, that, yeah, you guys yeah. have never tried it. That's well, my favorite. Well, I tried a lot of Allagash in uh, Belgium and it's delicious. Oh. But yeah. but but if you bring it, yes. <laughs> oh, by the way, I actually have a uh, uh, somebody looking out for uh, the delirium red that I talk so oh, much about. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Apparently seasonal and not always exportable. So oh, I have somebody okay. looking for well, it. Well, craft uh, craft seller C E L L A R Torrance. Um, I talked to them too about it. Yeah, yeah. so mm-hmm. they have a delirium there. So uh, we should. Uh, I should go. They have free tastings on yes, Friday. You have to do that. Yeah, and mm-hmm. Eddie and I actually for a while we're going every Friday uh, and just uh, learning and being introduced to new breweries, um, generally Californian. Uh, but I think they did do a European tasting. Um, but they're so nice, um, like locally owned uh, shop and. Um, do free tastings every Friday from, I think, like 3 to closing, which is like 9 o'clock. So mm-hmm. they have a different brewery come in, and um, you can go in and taste uh, your uh, usually about three or four different uh, beers, and then they have all of them there for sale. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I nice. actually am interested in having the, uh, I don't know if it's the first ever, but the first ever I've seen, uh, Barrel Aged Dudes Brew. Oh yeah, and uh, I tried to get that for this this podcast, but it was a uh, it was kind of a, a steep twenty dollars. Oh, but um, so Dudes Brewing is a local uh, brewery to Torrance. It actually is one mile away exactly from my house, and <laughs> I've I've walked there many times, and um, I really like their summer. Um, uh, what is it? The blood orange. Oh, the blood yes. orange is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love their uh, their double trunk, the classic. Oh, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. Eddie like drinks that, but I I generally am not a stout or porter person, so mm-hmm. I've 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 drank most of those here at, at Commodity Comics. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad we have um, we have a great myriad of beers, so I I really like that. Are we ready to? Um, to actually rate this one? Oh, yes, for sure. Um, I would say it's not a Super Saiyan for me like Sticky Monkey was, but it's definitely a rigid. This It's a rigid for me, yeah. too. This is Sarah, rigid for me. Same here. It is not um, a, a Super Saiyan, but it is definitely a rigid because it's it's got all the flavor of notes that I really, really like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, guys, that's a rigid all around for uh, Parabola. Yep. Mm-hmm. Parabola. Parabola. <laughs> Parabola. Parabola. Yeah. All right, guys. Now it's time for On My Radar. Okay, so this is Kristen, and I have a book um, for On My Radar this week called Dodge City. <laughs> I was like, I was gonna say dodgeball, but I'm like, wait, no, it's about dodgeball. It's called Dodge City. Dodge um, City. it's called Dodge City, and it is published by Boom Studios. I love Boom Studios. They have such cool, cute uh, stories. 
I'm sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Bless you. And um, and this one is just uh, right up there with um, other ones. Uh, it is written by Josh Trujillo and artist Kara McGee. And I actually tweeted to Josh um, on Twitter asking him, uh, actually telling him that I loved Dodge City and that I really appreciated the fact that he, not only um, his main character is Latino, uh, whose name is Tomas. Tomas. Tomas, Tomas. With, with the uh, accent mark and everything. But wow. um, there is uh, his, uh, I'm assuming it's going to be his love interest or maybe just a friend. I'm not sure um, because it was just the first issue that I read. But Abril is a girl that he um, starts uh, a friendship with and starts talking to. And there are full, not just panels, but full pages of Spanish dialogue. <laughs> and um it was really cool because um I think for non-Spanish speakers it might not seem cool because there was no translations. Uh-huh. Um but I understood what they were saying and it was so um just natural the way it was organic the way that the conversation was held. I I think both of you being um native speakers know how it is to and also being bilingual how how it is going in and out of English and Spanish when you're speaking to family members or close friends. Mm-hmm. And that's what this felt like when they were talking. And so I tweeted him and I said, I love, you know, I, I do Comodasi comics and I want to talk about your book. And um, I just want to know, I, I don't want to assume because your last name is Trujillo that you're Latino, but are you? And he said... Um, that he was Latino, that he was more of just a mutt, but that, you know, he, he was. So I told Jen that, that qualifies, <laughs> uh, that counts. So, it counts. Uh, yeah, so, um, and even if he wasn't, this would have been uh, on my radar because it was just, um, the book is about, uh, the city is called Dodge City where they live, and uh, Tomas has newly moved to uh, Dodge City, and he gets involved. Dodgeball is like this huge thing there. Um, so so uh, he gets involved in this uh, like um, team uh, dodgeball team. Uh, what is it called? Uh, not it's not a school team. It's like what is the the sports that you do outside of school? National? Nah. No. Uh, no. Club sports? Club. There you go. Okay. So it's like I, a club I sport. <laughs> I don't know about sports. <laughs> no, I remember this because my little my brother used to be in soccer outside of school, and I just remember saying. Him telling my mom, Ma, necesito ir al club. Ma, necesito ir al club. <laughs> She's like, no, never say al club. No, my mom would be like, okay, mijo, okay. But as usual, she'd be late for everything. <laughs> <laughs> so she'd be, a funny story, that's actually how she first went on the freeways because he w- he was going to be late to club practice. And he he was just like, Ma, vamos a llegar tarde. <laughs> and, then, and then she's like, okay, mijo, voy a tomar el freeway. <laughs> And that's the first time she went on the freeway. Oh my god, that sounds is about a, right. That's the best story I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> so just a little side note. Um, okay, so I was actually a rec league is what I was thinking, recreational league, but club, same thing. Club, <laughs> uh, yes, club. Um, so. 
Uh, dodgeball is very popular in Dodge City, and um, Tomas becomes a, a, the captain of his um, team called the Jazz Panda. <laughs> um, so Jazz he's Panda. <laughs> he, it's all of, it's only a four issue series. So um, first issue just came out, and uh, a couple of weeks ago actually, and um, so there's only three more to go. So a trade should not be taking that long to be published but um it's all about tomas going on this uh journey uh to get his team to uh, the regional championships so i loved the first issue i am looking forward to the other issues coming out and um definitely even more of a commodity comics uh shout out because of the fact that uh there are latino characters in the um, story that speaks Spanish, and also I want to say that I but they talked about some other like uh, cultural things in there as well. But um, definitely support uh, Josh and uh, buy Dodgeball or Dodge City. Sorry, I keep wanting to call it Dodgeball. It's Dodge City number one, and keep an eye out for um, number two that should be coming soon. Well, this is Sarah, and on my radar, um, it's published by Action Lab Entertainment, and uh, you can follow them on Facebook. It's at Adventures of Arrow Girl, and it's a comic book miniseries. Is um, I actually picked this book up at a convention, and I picked it up in Spanish. And in Spanish, it's called it's Las Aventuras de Arrow Girl. Uh, yes. Oh. And the creator is uh, Dwayne Freestra. No, I'm sorry. D. Wayne Feenstra. It's kind of hard. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not used to, I've never seen this last name before, so it's hard for me. Sorry. <laughs> um, he is a podcaster and comic creator and writer. Um, he started this uh, comic book as a Kickstarter, and uh, I picked up the first issue in Spanish, like I said, and I read it in Spanish, and it was really awesome. I didn't expect to love it this much, but I do. It is a story about a young girl who um, obviously has kind of superpowers, but she actually fights crime with her dad. Oh, that's and it's cool. Sort of like, it's sort of like that hit girl, big daddy relationship, but without all the cursing and the bad stuff. <laughs> it's, really whole, it's really nice and, and, and beautiful and family-oriented, and she has a mom. And I love the interaction within the characters. It's really awesome. And um, so I really enjoyed it. And um, I didn't know it was in English. I picked it up in Spanish, so I was surprised that it was in English when I was researching it. Um, but this fellow, he actually has a podcast out that um, is narrating the story about um, her, uh, her crime-fighting activity. Um, so... Um, I haven't listened to it, but I thought it was really awesome. And uh, I was actually talking to the girls if they were familiar with Action Lab Entertainment, and they were. So, yeah. I mean, definitely look it up. Um, you can find them on Facebook, and there is a podcast out there that um, actually uh, focuses on the adventures of Arrow Girls. So, I, that's on my radar. Yeah, we have uh, Action Lab Comics. Is um, we have a friend who writes um, Nutmeg, 
for Action Lab, and they um, that book is the way he describes it uh, is um, Betty Ver- Betty and Veronica meets Breaking Bad. What? <laughs> I can't even wrap my head around that. And that is uh, the little elevator pitch hook that gets him every time, and he sells out of his book constantly at conventions. Uh, it's it's like a, a mean girl storyline where this uh, girl, um, there's a new girl in town, and she is um, she comes up against these like mean girls who um, participate in a brownie baking contest on a yearly basis. And so she gets in her mind that because of the way that they're treating her and stuff, that she's going to beat them this year. She's going, and her, her grandmother is her, I think it's her grandmother is a baker. And so she enlists her grandmother's uh, help and, and um, having, uh, using her grandmother's uh, industrial kitchen and somewhere along the line, she learns that um, nutmeg has hallucinogenic properties when used <laughs> in high quantity. Oh, <laughs> eat too much of it. And mm-hmm. so um, craziness ensues. Uh, and uh, I highly recommend it. It's such a good book. And James is um, one of the cool, cute things about the book. Uh, James is a punster. Um, He loves to make puns, and each of the uh, issues had a really cute pun to it. So um, I highly recommend um, Action Lab and Nutmeg. And so just based on the quality of the stuff that I know that Action Lab puts out, I, I would only bet that Arrow Girl is amazing. I was really excited. I mean, reading it in Spanish, I was like, man, I actually had to look up one word while, while reading it. I was like, so what does mean? was it originally written in Spanish or was it translated? I or? think, you know what? I didn't, I mean, I picked it up at a con many years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. So okay. I, I mean, I just, I was looking through a lot of stuff and I'm like, oh my God, I haven't read this one. Oh. And you know how you pick up a lot of yes. things and you don't go I have it. a big pile. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I picked it up and I, I think I remember picking it up from my husband because it was the only spanish uh, language uh, comic book in the whole con yeah and um i i got it for him but i never gave it to him and (laughs) so so i picked it up and read it and i was like my god this is so good and the the spanish is on point so i have to say that it arrow girl sounds familiar to me as if i've seen the book in the shop yeah we carry it in the shop okay Mm mm-hmm Oh, good, good, yeah. because I was like, I wonder if these girls carry it in the show. Okay, yes, I'm looking at the page, or at one of the book's covers, and that looks familiar to me. Yeah, and it it's feels in like, our all-ages section. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like, it feels like an all-ages book, and I really recommend it. If you're, like, trying to... Uh, broaden the horizons of your kids and you want like you want something for your girls to read to get them into comic books because you're like grew up with comic books this is definitely a book a starter point for your kids to read i really enjoyed it and like i said there's a spanish availability to this in case you want to share it with your parents or your grandmother or your tias in order for them to kind of understand the love of comic books this is definitely it i loved it I, I thought think it it's. I thought it, I think it's cool that you found a Spanish version. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And the the weird thing is, I bought the Spanish version and I have no English version. So I was like, 
hmm, interesting. I can't believe I did that. Okay, I must have bought it for Frank. So, um, but yes, uh, I have it signed. So I met the gentleman, but I don't remember talking to him about his story. I might have just bought it and hadn't signed it. But I really appreciated the really amazing translation. It was really really great it was really on point and i actually had to like i said look up a word because i wasn't familiar with it but it was really good so pick it up if you guys can see it maybe uh, order from your local comic book shop um or you could order it online they have a facebook cool awesome excellent so that was on our radar yay Okay, so Juntos y Fuertes is a part of, um, it is a segment of Comadres y Comics where we highlight um, other creators um, of all kinds of things, as you will see today in my Juntos y Fuertes, um, uh, created by um, people who belong to other marginalized groups um, or just a marginalized groups, period. And so today, I actually am melding, um, Juntos y Fuertes, I'm melding our beer segment Ooh. with our Juntos y Fuertes segment. Like Please tell me more. <laughs> I don't know how I came agro- across these. Uh, gentlemen, I I don't know if there's any women involved, but uh, um, this group on Instagram, and I'm not sure what I was looking or searching. Sometimes I fall into the pit, uh, the dark, <laughs> endless pit of Instagram. <laughs> I love that. Um, but I was doing that the other day, and I came across this group called Brujeria Company. Oh my God! Oh, I already wait. love their name. I'm, I'm already like <laughs> what. Take my money. So, yes. So, um, Brujaria is, um, I want to make sure that um, I am giving you all the information uh, possible, Um, but it is a collective of... um, People who, um, it's a group of brewers from Los Angeles County, um, specifically South LA and San Gabriel Valley. Um, they began in 2010 with just brewing at home with their home beer kits, um, and then they went to a one barrel system, and now they have just really grown into like this collective. Um, they like to, um, to share their craft with their friends and people, and, um, their, uh, Brujerias company's motivation is to move the idea of brewery and tap room forward. So the term brujeria is quote unquote Spanglish. Um, It's B-R-E-W J-E-R-I-A. So yes. I love it. So the Spanish name, the Spanish word brujeria is 
generally B-R-U-J-E-R-I-A, which is like witchcraft. Right. Um, but they did a play on words, and because it's all about beer, they spelled it brew, B-R-E-W-J-E-R-A. And it's combining, like I said, the English word brew with the suffix of the Spanish word brujaria, which means witchcraft. Um, and it says they feel that this captures some of the essence of what it is to live in Southern California. It totally does. <laughs> it totally does. Brujaria is the swirling chemistry of ideas, language, culture, science, and spirituality intertwined in wonder and community. So, um, and the people who make beer are the brujos, B-R-E-W-J-O-S. <laughs> Instead of brewmasters, they're brujos. Yes. I love it. So it's combining brewer and sorcerer. Um, and they have, um, it says here they have over a decade of experience working for nonprofit organizations and they've built a strong network with professionals committed to working with underserved communities in the greater Los Angeles area. So not only are they out there brewing beer, but they're giving back to the community to the marginalized communities of South Los Angeles and San Gabriel Valley well they need to put a tap room in Compton well guess what what they are currently in the planning stages of a brick-and-mortar store what? Yes. So I don't know exactly where it's going to be because they're in the planning stages. Compton. Compton. <laughs> but um, they definitely um, are looking to uh, to expand. I mean, and think about this. Um, generally, you don't think about or see when you go to craft uh, craft brewer craft breweries <laughs> that's a tongue twister um a lot of times you don't think about them being in the quote-unquote hood right and, exactly. and we're not mincing words south los angeles is considered it's the hood, the hood. Yes. and so the fact that these are people of color that are it like they are infiltrating into a um a, a part of a business that is generally seen as white, um, I think is really amazing. And the fact that they're taking that and they are giving back to those very communities is just really super amazing to me. So, Absolutely. Uh, you can find them on Instagram, um, Brujeria Company, B-R-E-W-J-E-R-I-A-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y. Um, and they are all L.A. County based. So if you're local to L.A. County, you can um, check them out. They generally, up until now, um, when they're planning the brick and mortar, they have been holding events throughout Los Angeles. For example, um, on Saturday, May 12th, they have uh, an event called Cold Cella. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my God. I love it. Yes. So, um, and it's uh, it's their fun their uh, fundraisers. Look again, they're giving back to the community, so they're doing a, a fundraiser. This is their third anniversary. Um, it, there's 20 home brewers plus food vendor food vendors, and um, it's a 30 dollar presale or 40 dollars at the door. It's unlimited pours. Ooh, you got me at unlimited. <laughs> so. 
you get ten dollars off if you do a pre-sale, and that is a pretty darn good deal for unlimited pours. Because I'll tell you that I myself have spent thirty dollars drinking beer sitting at a bar oh, all by myself. Yes, yes. <laughs> at at eight dollars a pint plus tip, that's three beers. Yes. So unlimited pours is a pretty good deal. It's an amazing deal. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so it's it's six to ten thirty. Uh, it's a Saturday, May twelfth. Uh, actually, that is the day um, of East LA Cape. Just so you guys know, um, but it's from six to ten thirty. So it's an easy transition from East LA Cape right into Coachella. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's gonna be music and food and all kinds of cool stuff, and the proceeds benefit C. CSU Inc. Um, I'm not exactly sure what that is, but that is the nonprofit that's listed on the flyer of Excellent. what they, um, what their, where the profits are, the proceeds are going to. So um, it's going to be um, at six five six nine South Vermont Avenue in Los Angeles, and you, um, I don't know exactly where you can go to buy the tickets because there's no. Phone number or anything on this flyer, but I bet you that if you just Google Cold Chella, C O L D C H E L A. I love that. <laughs> um, and uh, it's uh, SoCal Cerveceros is the group that's putting this on as part of the Brujeria company. I'm so excited. I mean, I know it's the same day as East LA Cape, but I think I would love to go. Yeah, it sounds really great and um maybe we could figure out some sort of uh sponsorship going on here <laughs> <laughs> nice i love it i love it i would really i i think i think uh if we can if we find energy we should definitely go yeah for sure yeah well you know how we were like i lost my voice at east la oh, comic-con last year <laughs> it was so hot though i know So that is my Juntos y Fuertes. Good job. All right, guys. I guess that brings us to the end of this episode. Um, any uh, information that we want to give out, guys? We have so much coming up. I just don't even know where to start. But chronologically, I believe, is probably <laughs> best. Um, um, so May 5th, yes. we're going to be at Heidi Ho Comics for free comic book day it's comic uh free comic book day comic con at heidi ho comics yes we're gonna have a table and we're gonna have a lot of guests included jaime hernandez who's jaime hernandez <laughs> <laughs> i don't know do you guys know <laughs> whoever could it be <laughs> so if you've been listening to commodity comics since the very first episode um you've heard our review of maggie the mechanic of course of uh, love and rockets fame jaime hernandez one of the hernandez brothers will be a special guest in the commodity comics booth at heidi ho comics comic-con uh we also will be um hosting uh, the very creator of our Commodity Comics logo, the awesome conchas that you see when you see our shirts or stickers or little uh, pin buttons. Um, Melissa Sanchez will be there. And then in the afternoon, uh, Melina Chavaria from The Magic Glasses will be there. So um, I don't know if either you have read it, but I read it in uh, prep for uh, reviewing it and, and um, thought that it was really good. I really recommend that you guys read Magic Glasses, and she will be there with copies of her book. 
Excellent. I'm so excited about that. And on May the 12th, Saturday, we're going to be at East LA Cape. Yes, so formerly known as East LA Comic Con, uh, East LA Cape is happening again this year, and we are lucky to have been invited back to uh, this amazing event that was like, I think... Last year we did Heidi Ho's Comic Con, but I think East LA Comic Con now, East LA Cape, was like the impetus of like, oh my God, this is amazing. We really are onto something here. Absolutely agreed. It was such an amazing time, and all the people that came to visit our table were amazing. Yeah, and we just mm-hmm. it was such a great, great moment. It was such a wonderful experience. Um, and on May nineteenth, we have. Comic Con Revolution yes. in Ontario. Yes, where we will be doing a panel uh-huh. with, uh, once again, Fan Base Press. Press. Woohoo! <laughs> yes, yeah, so the Latin X um, presence in, what is it? No, not presence, the Latin X. Uh, I can't even remember now what our <laughs> own panel is. <laughs> it's, um, I know. I, I, honestly, I feel like, um, I get it confused between what the panel is and then also what we say our <laughs> tagline <laughs> is. So, <laughs> but we are we're going to be on a panel and hopefully you guys can come by. It's what at six o'clock. Uh, we do not. We're not permitted to share days and times yet of our panel. Um, so um, I don't know what. I do know what day and time, but we're not allowed to say for some reason. I don't know. But, the but once we know, you will know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the name of the panel is The Impact of Latinx Creators and Readers in the Comic Book Industry. That's the name of the, ty- of the thing. So if you find yourself at uh, Comic-Con Revolution on May 19th, um, that weekend, definitely check out the panel schedule because Sarah, Jen, and I will be there along mm-hmm. with King Sis Sebastian Katalechik, mm-hmm. um, who is always uh, awesome to be partnering with on a panel. He is the creator of King Sis. Uh, also, um, you know, if you listen to Komarasi Comics, that that is another uh, three conchas and a cup of champurrado. I think we gave that the, the whole panaderia. Yeah. <laughs> All of it. Take it. <laughs> Take it, please. Uh, yes. So um, definitely check uh, that panel out. And we generally have uh, free swag. So um, yes, you gotta, it's worth do. it just for that. Exactly. If you want to have any of our unofficial merch <laughs> <laughs> that we do not charge for. <laughs> and on Saturday, June 2nd, is Tia Chucha Centro Cultural and Bookstore. Yes. yes. So Tia Chucha is having their 13th annual Celebrating Words Festival, uh, written, performed, and sung. It's going to be at the Pacoima City Hall in Pacoima on Van Nuys Boulevard. And they are going to have performances. They're going to have spoken word. There's going to be dancing. Um, and it is, um, there's going to be creative engagement booths. Um, there's self-help, self-help graphics is going to be there. Um, one of the organizations organizations that I've highlighted on Juntos y Fuertes in the past. Um, there is just so much going to be going on there. And Comodity Comics is going to be part of it. We are going to be um, selling some of our books that we've reviewed in the past and also just uh, 
giving away our buttons and stickers and promoting our podcast. So if you are in the Pacoima, in the valley, this is the first time we've traveled to the valley. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so if you are in the Pacoima area on June 2nd from 2 p.m. to 7 p.m., we will be there. And you, um, I don't know if you guys know, but um, Tia Chucha was, is a, a nonprofit organization that was um, started by, gosh, now I, it's on the tip of my tongue now, but now I can't remember what his name is. Um, Hernandez, I don't think, Gabriel Rodriguez. No, something Rodriguez. Now I can't remember what his name is, but he, um, he is uh, the author of, I'm going to Google it right now. Uh, (laughs) He is the author of the book Always Running. And wow. it is, um, it's a, it's a book um, by oh there you go Luis Rodriguez. It's a book about his, um, it's it's a true story about his uh, life in, in gangs. Okay. And oh. here in in Los Angeles County and um, how he grew up in uh, the neighborhood and how he joined the neighborhood and just like what that meant and how he got out of it. Mm-hmm. And so um, he started the Achuchas um, with the thought that of it was kind of words and poetry and uh, literature that got him out. Uh, out of the life, and so um, he wanted to start something to uh, to really have a place where other teens and um, people that were in the same kind of situation could go to. And so um, it's a cultural center that always has really awesome things going on. And the fact that this is a, a the 13th annual um, uh, event. Is really amazing. I didn't even. I never even knew that this was happening. I knew of Tia Chucha, but I didn't know that this uh, this uh, event goes on uh, every year. So I'm really excited that they reached out to us. Oh, absolutely! I can't wait. I mean, uh, it's always amazing to see come kind of a another side uh, of the tracks, kind of like Latino heritage growing up, coming of age thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I am familiar with the whole gang thing, but I wasn't. It wasn't my thing. Yeah. So it's going to be really interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I'm very excited about that. So this has been um, episode 30 of Comadres Comics. Wow, that's great. I can't believe we're at episode 30, 30 right? Yeah. Uh, we have been your host. I'm Sarah. I'm Kristen. And I'm Jen. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.